Welcome to the Mystical Motherhood Podcast. This is Chelsea, and I want you to create a happy family. I use my background in Western and Eastern medicine, birth, and ancient yogic practices to help the modern mother learn how to live a healthier life and create conscious children. This is your guide to fertility, conception, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and the early childhood years. Are you ready to live the life of your dreams? Welcome to season three of Mystical Motherhood's podcast. Today is a big day because we're going through a lot on the planet. And I talked a lot about the heart opening of um, humanity that would be occurring. And this is a big part of it, this virus hitting the lungs and the level of fear that's happening on the planet and the level of fear that's happening within human beings. We all have a choice right now to choose love or choose fear and to choose light or to choose dark. And I talk a lot about this in this podcast. But what happens when you get pregnant during this period? My guest today has recently found out she's pregnant um, with a child and she's decided to keep this child. So our journey is helping her to understand what she's going through, understand the type of man she's with and the decision she's making by uh, keeping a child with a man that she's really not sure of how the relationship is going to turn out. So I'll allow the space for her to just see the levels um, of awakening that she can go through and how she can set her life up so that this child can be safe upon being born. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you like it, please, please leave a message. You can subscribe below. And if you have any questions, please go to my website at www.mysticalmotherhood.com. Both of my books, um, Fertile and Mystical Motherhood, can be found on my website. They're published under the name Pritam Atma, which is um, all on the first page of Mystical Motherhood. If you need help with anything or you know anybody who needs help at this time, please write me. If there's any subjects you want on this podcast, send me an email at mysticalmotherhood at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from all of you. I hope you like this. And if you're going through a hard time right now, I'm here for you. I'm feeling in disharmony and in pain with my current um, pregnancy. And I'm really desiring to connect to my pregnancy. Okay, so tell me the whole story of what's going on and why you're feeling, where's the disharmony coming from? The disharmony is coming from primarily um, the way that I thought I would feel. I consciously conceived this child. And... um, I'm entering at the time when I was consciously conceiving was entering a navigation of open relationships with my partner and it felt really kind of fun and expansive. And I was really open to all of the triggers that were coming up to like expand, you know, not knowing, not feeling like this was ever going to be a long lasting relationship status for me, but just to like, see what was there, what was my resistance. So we were playing with that at the same time as consciously conceiving And before I even knew I was pregnant, I just automatically stopped desiring to have that lifestyle. Um, I was never much of wanting to be with other partners as much as my partner was wanting to be with other partners. And, um, And so I just thought, I guess that I'm, once I found out I was pregnant, I was really, really excited but I just instantly felt this turmoil of um, the partnership that I'm currently in and feeling like, um, but feeling like I knew that we were supposed to have a child together is very clear to me when we met each other that we were supposed to have a child together. And so I feel this disharmony because I'm in pain. I'm in emotional pain. I'm in this, it feels like PTSD. 
And then I am desiring to be just elated, to be blissful, to be the way that I thought it was going to be, the way that I had desired it to be, um, to be pregnant um, and feeling like I'm fulfilling this contract, but I'm frustrated at the contract. Mm, okay. So you feel like you have a contract with him mm-hmm. to have a child. And when you saw him or maybe a contract from some other period didn't get completed or something. And so you have some sort of a thing to work out with him on some sort of a normal earth level mm-hmm. to have this child. And is there a time in your life where you felt this level of disharmony before in your childhood? Like, have you felt, have you been in this, like, what does this remind you of? Where have you felt this before? Because it's a pattern you probably are repeating. And so when we walk, when we actively walk into situations like that, where you say you're consciously conceiving, which is your, which for you, you may have been consciously asking for a child to come through. Mm-hmm. But conscious conception is when two people are really doing this together and they're ready to do this together and there's a whole different experience. And that may be what conscious conception means to you. And everybody has a different, you know, idea of what conscious conception is, but conscious conception is, is, a, is a relationship between the male and the female coming together. And this is my, the, the whole next book I'm going to write because I have to redefine that and understand that and what that means in this world when, when two adults are still working out their, their self-sabotagers. And so when the two self-sabotagers of two adults come together to create a child, what kind of circumstances does that create? And so you're going to create that disharmony, which you could work through if you come through some acceptance, but it doesn't help where we are on the planet right now to add the extra level of pressure in like a pressure cooker of the calcination of what can happen when you make these kinds of decisions. Yeah. So there's a couple of things I want to do because I'm not here. So is there, have you decided, are you keeping this pregnancy? Or are you on the fence? Cause then it changes the way we speak. If you're yeah. on the fence about it, I will take you down two roads and have you look at yourself. Mm-hmm. If you're going to keep this pregnancy, we would go about this in a different way. I, I do want to keep this pregnancy. I, there's, there's the, the pain tells me, but when I drop into my essence and I really like sit with myself, I really want, I really want to be pregnant. I really want to go through this. This is a part of the process. I see it as a beautiful part of the process that it is. And this is also why I created Mystical Motherhood is because a lot of times when the awakening starts with pregnancy. And so what we don't even consciously realize is the pain that you may be feeling is actually the pain of all the women in your family that have likely had the same thing happen in some manner, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And so I bet we could find a pattern and you don't even know why you're feeling this level of disharmony when you should be feeling so excited when the male doesn't respond the way you want. I mean, this can happen when you're married, just so you know, you could be in some single relationship and then the male just is out. It doesn't, it, there's it, 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 and I, and that's what like my next book will look at is, is what is it in this world when there's everybody's functioning off of these self-sabotagers or these levels, you know, of unhealed places when you're, what is conscious conception when, until that we define what that is, we don't know, mm-hmm. you know, it's still almost being built. That's what the yogis say. And there's everything that I've had in my book, but when it comes between the male and the female creating the child, that's a whole nother like navigation system. And so this is about your own awakening. And this is why the whole thing I've created happened is because people go, it's a point in someone's life. Like right now on the planet, this fire that's occurring which is the first stage of alchemy. It's calcination. It's the blackness, darkness stage. It's the deconstruction of the ego and the moving into the higher chakras of, of heart opening, which I've talked about in other podcasts, which was going to be happening this year. Is this like all these lower frequency things like fear, all the base chakra things like fear, um, food, 
uh, work, uh, housing, survival, then to sexual stuff, which was the Me Too movement, um, and the different things like um, men, you know, really looking at what has happened in the church the religious um, sector, and then also now the market falling, which is the ignorance and the attachment and the power centers of humanity are all going to get shaken up um, probably over the next seven years. And more things will stop falling or start falling, but all that within a human being and within a collective consciousness and within the macrocosm of what's happening has to get shaken up and, 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 and destroyed. Until there's just nothing left until you surrender and your heart will open, but you cannot get into these higher places. So that's happening on a larger scale. And if you haven't healed all those parts of you, anyone who's listening, you're going to go right into the fear of whatever's happening. And there's a, there's two different types of um, energetic experiences on the planet that are very palpable and easy to drop into. And you're going to have to choose over the next six months which one you want to pick. And one is fear, one is love. One is, I guess, negative, one is positive. Polarity. It's a polarity is happening. And each one is as easy to get on. Because everyone thinks, well, how can I get in that light or light or dark? Let's call it light or darkness. This polarity. How can I jump on the light train? Because right now you're on the dark train. And there's 13 days until April 1st where we can really easily get on that light train. And then there is still a possibility. This is not, this is through another teacher and I can't name the name, but it also came to me very clearly through um, something I received, but we're going to have a shift. And so you have to choose whether, where you're headed and you have to choose to do that type of inner work where you can fight against it and go into a deep depression so that's just a warning basically so yeah i could definitely feel those two um the last two days today i feel uh, it's lifting a little bit but it's almost like i went through the visceral experience of choosing the fear of choosing the darkness mm -hmm. and then like being able to pretty quickly just kind of jump out of that for a moment through meditation and like see that that's not the path that I want to take, but that I could, that I stepped into it for one second to see, to really solidify that I want to do the work to choose love and stay in love. And, and, and it will continually come at you to test you. And there'll be like attacks on, on all these different levels, like the, the, consciousness is going to get really weird. I mean, you might have things in your house change, computer glitches, viruses, all kinds of things are going to happen that are trying to get you. So let's say you ignore what's happening on the planet. Let's say you ignore your husband or your or partner or semi-partner. Um, you're still going to have all kinds of things try to get you out of that. And so back to this work that I've been putting on the planet, mystical motherhood is the why I choose Kundalini is because it's the fastest thing I know of that gets you out of it mm -hmm. and, and ruin. And, and so people are going to be going crazy and that's about to happen. And I see it on the streets of New York city because I'm right in the middle of it, experiencing a really intensity here, but I don't feel it. I mean, I do often off, off and on, of course, naturally, but you have to do twice as much work right now to stop the pressure. So I'm talking about what's going on with humanity as a whole. And then we're going to talk about you because that's a big part of all of this. Does this make sense? Mm -hmm. There's also a lot of people dying and all that, all those souls are going to have to come back through. It's going to create more space here on the planet in some way. And conscious conception may become a thing. We'll see. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it does. Um, but you have to do twice as much work right now. And people don't like that because there's a lot of like, they, there's going to be a lot of, I don't, and there's a lot of healing can happen through a lot of rest because there's nobody's been resting. So that's really important. It's okay to just not do anything. But if you want to stay in that kind of light energy right now, the pressure is going to be so intense and that it's going to cap us. And so in order to kind of stay sane, it's okay to do more. It's, I mean, it's almost like necessary. And anybody who doesn't have a practice isn't going to make it. We're not going to make it. 
in my opinion. Maybe, maybe, and maybe if they have some sort of an idea of just having presence and calmness and that's just their normal routine, but people who don't, I think they need something to relieve the pressure. But anyway, this, what you're going through right now is a part of your own awakening. If you're, cho- so we're, we're choosing to keep this baby. And then I guess you, what I do, I still want to create two roads with you. So I want you to close your eyes and I want you to see these two different roads that you can begin to create. So let's do the road where you actually father the child with this man. And then the road where you don't father the child with this man. So we're going to consciously call in his spirit right now. And I want you to see your, tell us about your interactions right now. And then I want you to kind of drop in, in a year and in two years and in three years and in four or five and honest to God with yourself, say where you think this may be going. Okay. You want me to just kind of share what we're currently yeah, not from, I want you to do from your drop into your intuition. And I can help you, but you'll you'll see it. I feel what's coming through is that there is um, oh, it's like a, right now, currently, it's that we're both meeting our capacities. And, um, they're really different, you know, my capacity, my, my desires for where our relationship is going to go is different from, there's just a discord. But what I see that is in harmony is that there is a lot of genuine love between him and I just really genuine love. And he's very much trying to figure out a way to stay in, in integrity and in authenticity with himself at the same time as sharing that love with me. Um, and because I had a different prescribed way that I wanted it to look, I'm rejecting that love. And we're both kind of, we're doing that. We're rejecting each other, wanting each other, rejecting each other, wanting each other, we're both doing it. We're both definitely. So you're both emotionally unavailable. In some capacity. Yeah. Because a man who's telling you being pregnant that he wants to be with other partners is a completely emotionally unavailable for you. Do you understand that? And that's okay, but you need to, ex- to see that first off. And there's a part of you that just said to, to us, Um, I need to accept him where he is, right? We know that, but it's also, there's a part of you. So this is where we have to grow into our own self-worth and our own self-love of that's not okay. And so there's like part of us that always take crumbs as women that say, oh, he doesn't, he just doesn't have the capacity to write back thank you or to take me to dinner or let's say you have expectations of what you're hoping he'll do right Mm -hmm. but where in your life did a man teach you that was okay who was that what where was the template created Was there a male in your life growing up? Yeah, my father. And what was he like? Um, Early years, he was just a really strong workaholic. He wasn't around then? Wasn't really around. And um, he chose, I mean, my mother um, was, was out of the picture when I was around six or seven for many years. And he remarried to a woman who was not very kind to me. Um, So even though he was always really loving and a great provider, 
I, I've always, I've, I just recently in the last few years have uncovered that I feel betrayed by that he wouldn't protect me from this, from people who are mean to me. And then okay. he never did. Uh-huh. So he was never, he never came in to protect you, to hold you and mm-hmm. to make you feel safe and to give you a house and to give you love in that kind of way. Right. Mm-hmm. And so do you feel like you've kind of uh, found that in another partner to play that out because never really got healed? You see the connection? I can see it a little bit, but it's not fully clicking all the way. So let me, let me help you. So okay. the male that you're with right now, and this is okay. I'm not, there's not, I'm not telling you anything different. I'm just wanting you to, this is going to help you go. The only order for the heart chakra to open, all of this has to, you have to see the pattern and then you can almost have compassion for the male um, and yourself because it's not your fault. It's, it's that, you know, your father, this is how you grew up. The little girl, and so this is what mystical motherhood's all about. It's raising you, you up, making you like, so you're probably caught sometimes at the age of six to seven when mom t- left. Okay. So that's where the original wound hit. All right. So if we can get to healing that original wound, where that is, you, you'll then mother, not mother from that wound. You'll mother from your age. If you do not heal that wound, you'll mother from the seven-year-old half the time. You'll program the baby from the level of that consciousness. And so the deep healing comes from seeing that you are replaying out these wounds in your life somehow, some way. And the generational patterns of shifting that so that we become, I don't know how many thousands of women this will reach, that we become the last generation that actually allows that behavior. Because it's so many times this change of the patriarchy into the matriarchy is we've always, it's just, they've gotten away with murder and, and we're creating it because we're allowing it and we're staying in it and we're hoping and praying and going back to the male who doesn't treat us well. And so we, we go to them for crumbs. I did it my whole life. There wasn't a male that I didn't feel attachment towards wanting and needing my daddy to love me. And when they didn't, I would keep attracting another male that would recreate that pain of daddy never giving me love. And so all of us have some sort of a wound that we have to go through and see our own pattern. And that biggest wound it's mommy or daddy, some connection to it. And, and you, what happens usually is you have to clear the mother. What I see, it might be different for everybody, but there's the mother wound. Clear. It's like, I don't, I've never, I guess people can kind of do them together, but it's almost like they have to clear separately. Like the mother wound has to clear and that can take years. And then the father wound has to clear. And my father wound was more massive. I didn't, I had no idea. And your consciousness can only handle so much at a time. Mm-hmm. And so this te- the level of awakening of all these different levels, the, the deepness of the wounds and the onion of it is like, okay, so we've got the world macrocosm and cosmic thing going on at the calcination of you know, alchemy, which is a whole nother podcast. Um, alchemy is seven stages of transformation. And I talk about it slightly in fertile of the, the use of the elements for transformation. And so the, one of the first stages is calcination and, and it's the destruction of the ego and it's this darkness and this depression and this blackness. So you're feeling that. But as we peel it back, the dissolution is the second stage of alchemy. And dissolution is the use of water. And dissolution is where the emotions and the grief and the pouring out so we begin to actually see how our belief systems and our behaviors and our past are destroying us and then we go through these stages of alchemy so we get higher into spirit or god so that basically when anything happens like this on earth or you become pregnant with the with you know in its part of your life or you want to have a baby but you're not sure right it doesn't matter it's like you're still in so much joy and love and light inside that you're not ignorant to these things, but you're so happy, it's okay. You're going to make it because you're neutral, right? 
And so when, what I need you to begin to see is the patterns, how the reflection of the hologram of your outside world is actually a repeat of your childhood and the awakening of you stopping the generational patterns for this child. So use this man. Great. Just say, okay, I am. So you're consciously conceiving. And what that means to me is you're consciously ready to destroy your past. That's what it means. Mm -hmm. It's not woo woo. It's not like light and love. It's awful. It's really effing painful. And so a mystical motherhood's like, okay, so if we're going to do something differently, it's not necessarily always feeling good. So that's why I add the Kundalini yoga to it because it's going to make it go a lot faster. But a a big part of it is for you to see, okay, daddy never gave me safety, love, um, so what, let's go through the things that this is also goes to Maslow's hierarchy. So my first book, Mystical Motherhood, which is available on Amazon, looks at Maslow's hierarchy. And it, and it explains that in motherhood, we have to have our bottom needs met, which are connected to our lower chakra. So our housing, our food, our, which I told you before, you know, things that we need to survive, that baby needs these things. And then we can move up into the higher levels like love and belonging, self-esteem, um, into a fully self-actualized human. And then um, Fertile, which is also available on Amazon, is it's written under Pritam Atma, is, looks at how the elements will move you through that. So is this all kind of making sense? Mm-hmm. So if you know that dad never really, and he could have consciously actually created this for you, but your subconscious was programmed with, I don't feel safe and what were the things that dad created in your life I think it's so um what's hard for me where the block is is that I spent most of my life actually with figuring out my mother wound and until like I said a few years ago that I didn't realize that I had a father wound Mm -hmm. this is exactly Um, what I said people don't realize it because they don't yeah the one that you don't want to work on is the one that you avoid and I attached to him in such a way and it felt so, so safe because of the chaos that I was living with, with my mother, which she was a drug addict and a prostitute. And so moving in with him in a stable home, but not really available, these, that felt really like good. Mm. So, but when I can pull that back and see um, as an adult how that wasn't, I did not get what I needed out of either of those relationships. And that wasn't necessarily good just because in contrast, it was better than what I had with my mother. And so um, it, it just, there, there always seems to be a little bit of like um, a block that I have to work through when I start talking about the father wound. Cause it feels, I feel like I'm betraying him. Because he, you know, I, I just protected, I, I just felt like he did the best that he could. I'm so grateful for the, you know, for some stability. And um, so there's this protection that comes up. It's, it almost literally feels like this shield that comes up in front of me. But it's, it's, it's pretty amazing because this is exactly what I was saying on a bigger scale is we've protected. If you look at like a mother-in-law and the way that they're like, there's nothing wrong with my son. There's something wrong with you the way that we have upheld the patriarchy and our own inner patriarchy and upheld the way that males are accepted, the behavior is accepted. And then we get mad at like, even the way we look at our way we are with our female friends sometimes. I mean, hopeful God, I don't have that, but I don't know. We always have blocks to what we can't see about ourselves. But the way that you're saying like my, your mom had the obvious flaws and women tend to have the obvious flaws, but the the men have equal issues. But for some reason, it's just accepted that emotionally unavailable men are the only kind of men. And I have found through my personal research that is not true. There are very, there are so many available men out there. And I had to actually go through this to take other women through it to tell you that I am on the other side and I am meeting emotionally available men to the best of their own ability, right? 
that are good men. And so there's the part of us that constantly accepts the crumbs and doesn't have the self-worth or self-esteem to know that we can be loved. will go to these men. And just like you said, in the very beginning, say that it's okay. If he wants an open relationship, it's not okay. I mean, you, I mean, we can, it hurts so much to know that he's saying that. I mean, there's almost like, that's the grief of it because there's dad. And there's dad right in front of you. And it's so painful. And he may change. And it's like, you may, if the more, if you begin to heal this, you may be incredibly surprised that actually his behavior, and this is what has happened in my life. The more I've healed um, my own self and my own wounds around my father, oh my God, every male that I blamed for my issues, oh my God, we're best friends now. They're fine. I don't have anything in me that doesn't like them anymore. Because I was... I just have gone into complete compassion and acceptance. And another thing that helped with that, two meditations changed my life around healing these male wounds. Um, the Sopurik, and that's S-O, new word, P-U-R-K-H, combined with a prayer called the Miramana Loche. If you're going to choose one, start with the Sopurik. So the Sopurik prayer is a, is a Sikh prayer. And you say the Sikh words. I think Narinjan Kar does... Um, does Narinjan Kerr does one and it's on Amazon and it's also available on iTunes and you just say the words Gurmukhi along with her 11 times a day and you can do that prayer for up to three males or you can do it to call in your husband and you do it for 40 days minimum or you can continue to do it and there's another prayer that really helps to heal the wounds of the heart and it's called the Mira Mana Loche um, and I will put that in the bottom of this podcast. And the Miramana Loche is a prayer that you can sing along to. So you just, if you Google uh, healing the wounds of love and you do this as a practice every single day, you'll heal twice as fast because the heart of humanity, again, thousands, the thousand, the hundredth time it's opening. And so as if we can, if you guys want to go through it quicker, the Miramana Loche, it's called Healing the Wounds of Love, will get you there, even listening to it. And But for you, you need to do the Sopurk prayer for him like you've never done it before. If you want this to work, you do it. And, and, and so there's, especially in this times when there's a choice between the light or the dark, it's going to be really easy not to meditate because it's going to, or whatever, not to focus because it's like, meh, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. there's too much to do the pressure's too high but in order to break through that like wall or that glass ceiling you have to do something kind of like getting up and working out so if you're with dad and he never felt made you feel safe and he actually never really provided you a house because you were with your mom right he should have been around providing that and then he invites some other woman in that it makes you feel unsafe. He's never really creating a safe space or showing you deep love. And he's never really available for you, right? Mm-hmm. And so do you see how you've recreated this in every part of your life right now? Yeah, I can. And that how you called this man in possibly as a contract or as um, someone who can be your greatest healing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you also have to recognize that only one person in the relationship has to do the work. I mean, no one's going to agree with me, but you can't make them do the work. They're not able to, but if you do the work, they'll start to go down their own path and it may not be on a path with you but it will be on a path. They are either, so when your frequency begins to change and upgrade, if you choose to change it, you, people will either rise to with you or they will be eliminated. They cannot be in your space anymore as you change. It's just, I can't, I've never seen anything different. And so people who like always stay in the same place or like, for example, live in the same town, never move, never have any ideas, never change, never, they ever, 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 they're not changing and they're going to stay there. And that's where the, where they're going to live. But if you're on a path of awakening of an accelerated motion, movement is a part of it because you have so much more to get done, so much more to see, so much more to accomplish. 
Um, but with this man, so we know where this is coming from. We know the, the wound you have to look at and that's getting to that father wound and unpeeling that and even becoming conscious that it, that it even exists. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at him, the way we become conscious that these wounds exist is we cannot blame that man for creating the wound. So what we tend to do is we tend to project everything onto the human in front of us as if it's their fault for acting that way. If somebody else is creating a pain within you, the pain is located within you, not caused by them. And I know this for myself because once I heal the pain within me, that person can no longer ever create the pain. with. They can no longer hurt me because they don't have that power because it's always me creating my own reality. Yeah. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing... Um, I'm seeing that like I'm just taking some accountability right now and doing because I I feel like I know so much right and um, I feel like I've been on the path for a long time and I do feel like I have been lazy about doing the work to actually transform and change and I just need to like say that out loud and like have some self accountability for um, I've been waiting for the, for some sort of savior situation, something to come along and, and change all of it. Right. Something to just automatically come a person to come and show me all these things, you know, and it's, I've been, I've not, I've been gathering the information, but I've not been truly embodying it as much as I need to as I want to. Well, it's also good to say like, it's always like better to be like, I don't, I don't know anything. Like sometimes if I think I know stuff, I'm just like, Oh my God, do they just wipe me out again? Like they can't like, if, if I even feel like I know anything, I feel like something comes along and blows me up <laughs> every single time. And I'm humbled over and over again of how much more I can learn and how much more mm-hmm. I can be destroyed. And I'm always welcoming it. I'm like, okay, you have, and when this virus hit this world, I just said, you can't take anything else away from me. (laughs) I've already lost everything. There's nothing else. There's nothing else I could possibly lose other than my, you know, I don't want to say the words, but just my dear ones, you know? And so for this, you have, according to the yogis, if we want to believe this system or not, till the 120th day after conception, to get your act together, okay, to do that. So let's just give it, let's give you a, let's give you a timeline so that you can begin to feel better. So we, we A, chosen that you're keeping this child. B, we know that this man is representing dad. So we cannot blame this man for recreating dad within your life because you ran back into fire to recreate dad. That's what you did. And so you can go in that now that you're in the fire. So basically everyone's in the fire, but you're really in the fire, triple in the fire because the world's on fire and now you're on fire too. Right. <laughs> and so you need to get all, you need to go to mystical motherhood and you need to look at what the base needs are, or just Google Maslow's hierarchy. And you need to understand like, okay, what do I really need right now to, ha- to, to make sure I'm safe to have a baby? And if that's moving in, you both need to sit down and do this. If that's moving in, like where you need to think about the basic things and you don't have that much time. It's, it, it's like, you need to start to think of where are you going to live? Where will the baby live? Um, if you don't live with him, how is he, how is how are you going to support this child? If you are, are you working? Like these things need to be written out and planned. And there's no consciousness about it until until those basic things are met. Like you're bringing a child into this world. Let's not talk about like 
the clearing of the, the baby can happen. Just do some yoga. Okay. Right. But you need to get down to like, okay, what do you need to do to get this child safe? Mm-hmm. I mean, have you done that with him at all? I mean, we're kind of in the process of that as we're like trying to navigate our living situations and um, work, you know, right now, especially with like what's going on. Um, luckily, um, he uh, there's financial stability on his end. Um, so we're in that process of trying to figure that out of what we're going to do for living situations. <sighs> well, I would sit down and I would say, we need to figure this out in the next three months. And then mm-hmm. we need to figure out, you know, who will be things you need to think about before you have a child on a practical level, not people focus on the birth. Don't focus on the birth, focus on, okay. Who's going to take care of the baby when the baby comes out? How much time are you going to spend with the baby? And you need to run two different timelines because this is a different situation. You need to not create only timeline with this man. You need to run a timeline that if this man is not around and you need to have two plans going. A by, like It's almost like if it doesn't work, I am okay and then moving to plan B. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's being conscious and not being the victim around dad and and so so as this all plays out you have to be being conscious is 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 the fire will create the necessary um changes to to release the ego then the distillation process is the release of the emotions and so all of your reactions around the way he behaves as your ego is melting will be really intense because you're going to, the little girl in you is going to fall into victim of why daddy doesn't love you. Mm-hmm. If he plays this with you. And if you guys play this out, does this make sense? Mm-hmm. It feels like you're going to, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you need to be consciously aware of every time the two of you go into it like that, you need to be like, I am growing up to raise my child. So every time you begin to go into the little girl that's wounded, you need to snap out of it the faster, the faster, the better. The fact that every time he abandons you emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, physically for anything else, um, if he's going to choose to do that and you two are going down this road, you need to say, what, how old am I? Right. It's like, Go back to it. Just be like, what, is she, what, did, what did she tell me? How old am I reacting from? What's my age right now? Where's the memory I'm holding within me that's recreating this type of trauma? Mm-hmm. Right? Because we're all just reliving out our old trauma until it's healed. Even on a planetary level, like look at what's happening. It's just trauma. It's just constant mm-hmm. trauma. Yeah. And so you need to say, okay, if I'm going to raise this child, I cannot react from the seven-year-old because it doesn't matter if that child comes out, you're not going to change. And so that's important. So running the two lines. So you need to run out from not just nine months. You need to run out for like the next three to five years, two different plants. And that's part of this conscious conception is one plan, how it may work with him and write out what the reality of that is and write out what the hopes of that is. So that's even a two plans in itself. And then there's the exit plan. So if you exit, are you living close to him? Um, do you, how much does he see the baby? And you guys need to talk out as if both of these things are simultaneously happening. Because also what's happening on a planetary level is um, there's timelines that people can choose. So you can literally choose a different timeline. You can choose all kinds of belief systems about what's happening. You can can accelerate your growth much faster right now. You can jump into a new timeline. You can change it all. So you, you could play out this sabotager role with him. Or you could be like, let's not. Let me do 10 more. Let me do the so perk. Let me do the Miramana Loche. Let me do these meditations and see if I can work it out there or find a different outlet to work it out with and stay with you longer. 
until we don't have the same frequency anymore, we have nothing else to work out. Mm -hmm. There was a story, Yogi Bhajan had a man, like a mentally ill man, a part of his uh, community. And he was a disaster. I think he was always on drugs. And I think he ended up dying of drugs. And he was just always causing his mother problems and really, really difficult son. A really, really difficult son. And so one day he went to his funeral. He died. So the whole community went to the funeral. And, and they buried the son. And he said, today we're burying a saint. And everyone went into shock. And they said, you have the wrong man. This man is not a saint. Yogi Bhajan, this man was a horrible man. He was horrible to everybody. And he goes, he is a saint because his mother did nothing but pray for the, her son her whole life. And she prayed for hours upon hours upon hours. And she was the main person, a part of this Dharmic community. And so her prayer created so much of an energy that she ran the organization off her level of frequency and off her level of prayer. And so that son, so from his point of view, as a higher point of view, as a God point of view, more neutral point of view, that son came to earth, chose that incarnation of being a terrible son, right? Playing out the drug son. So she would be able to pray so deeply to create a dharmic, a dharma that would go on for centuries, and so if you look at things like this higher point of view, which I try to do more and more and more and more in my life, I can see it's all a play. Mm -hmm. And so the things that we're missing in our lives, the things that we want to be different or we want to change, we often have to work harder for or not work at all, right? But if you want to change them, we may pray more. And so you can look at this as, oh my gosh, this man is helping me to change. You can blame it on him, but he in the end is just going to open your heart. But the soporic will help. Yeah. So yeah. if you follow up with this homework, it's going to give you a lot more clarity on, and this is with anyone, if you're like freaking out right now and you're in the middle of like, you're at your because this would be at the bottom. You would, you're feeling like you should be in the highest joy of your life, but you're not, right? So you're yeah. at the pretty much the you're hit the rock bottom. But rock bottom is necessary to get out of, and rock bottom can create a lot of uh, magnetism. Actually, surprisingly, I, I was definitely feeling that the other day, or considering that before I even went into a lot of pain and trauma, um, was that. I just kept getting these messages that this baby is going to awaken me and how I kind of was rejecting that. Like I didn't like a part of me that feel that felt like I don't want to use this child as my, you know, I don't want to like almost in that, I don't know, codependency or like abusive way of like, I don't, I don't know what my, what like really came up for me in that, but it was interesting. And I just want to like share that, that I found that that was really interesting of, um, and I think it might come from that pre-prescribed ideal that I had in mind of being pregnant and being blissful and having amazing epigenetics and working through the, you know, my ancestral line, clearing out the trauma and having it just be so blissful that it's like, to also hear that this is a part of the awakening and the ascension that I know that that's not necessarily blissful um, all horrible. the time. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's so painful. I am in so much pain. Yeah. But this is also necessary for the heart to open and, and you and until all that stuff is gone, you, I don't know. How, I don't think I was ever happy in my life till until now. <laughs> and I had to go through all of that. It's horrible. I'm here for you, man. I, oh, knocks you to the floor. Mm -hmm. And then it does it again. And this is what alchemy is. There's a very good book by David Hawk. It's called the Emerald Tablet. And it's going to help anyone who's listening. Uh, David Hawk Emerald Tablet on Amazon. It's ancient. It's like 1960s or 70s. And I didn't know what I was going through all these years. And then my teacher, Celestine Starr, 
said, here, take this book home. And then I was like, I understand. And it's a process that we're going through on a level of humanity now, but I can look at it with with objectivity or kind of neutrally and be like, yeah, yeah, everybody's going to go through that. We all have to go through that as the planet changes. And it's just not fun because Mm -hmm. we're ignorant. And ignorance is not wanting to see the obvious. And it's giving excuses for the obvious. And it's accepting the ways things are because we're not willing to change or do the work to do so. And it can't be like that anymore. Mm -hmm. I feel like you're like at a level of what you can handle. What is anything else? (laughs) Um, You just have to take it day by day. Yeah. And you need to make one thing you'll accomplish each day. And everyone who's listening, it's kind of like that. Just like, okay, today I'm going. And if it may be very simple, like I'm going to go on a walk. (laughs) that has literally been my daily goal (laughs) yeah like yeah I I and that's okay I'm Mm -hmm. gonna go on a walk and I'm gonna do a meditation and I'm going Mm -hmm. and then this and maybe for the week and then this week I'm gonna create this master plan for my life and it may be over the next month you create that master plan but you have to complete it and you have to commit to making that plan because if you don't do it you're gonna be all over the place all the time Mm mm-hmm and there's a part of you, the little girl, that's used to being all over the place all the time. Yeah, that's true. And so that's your norm. And so you have to look at your, that's even the level of higher awakening and higher consciousness around all this is like, what have I created? And then once you realize how much chaos you create for yourself, oh, you're like, I am absolutely mentally ill. <laughs> Like when I recognized how much chaos I was creating with detracting the level of males I was attracting, oh, I, I always blamed them. Right. It's not them. I did that. I did that. So you have to take ownership for what you create in your own life. Mm-hmm. And then look at all the patterns. And it's almost like drawing it out when may help you is like, okay, so what's chaotic in my life right now? What is not in balance? And make a circle like me, and then do little cells from those circle. And then from that, you say, okay, why am I doing this? And what did the little girl and they're like timeline your life? Do it as like a long so one will be a circle where you create your life, you know, with lines going out from it another piece of paper and this make it big do a long timeline of your life and see where all the major traumatic memories come in and you'll start to remember like massive and might be in deep meditation but and and what kind of was the circumstances at those times it's like the bigger programming this is epigenetics and so you look at like oh i'm reliving my seven-year-old play self with this Oh, I remember when I was in college and I got attacked then or whatever. Let's create it. You know, I'm reliving that in this relationship mm-hmm. because it's still in me in the, in the motivation, the only, that's why pregnancy is so beautiful because the only motivation you have is to not F it up for the child. And that's what the child's helping you awaken is they're like, okay, you ready to change because I'm coming. Yeah. Say you want to do it differently, but you didn't have the motivation to do it because it was just you before and who cares. And now it's not. Yeah. And that's the difference is, you know, for me, I still yell at my kids. I am doing my very best, but they're like, mom, you're doing it. And then I snap now. So we learned when I get angry, I just clap my hands like a seal and it's better. Right. But I know I am way aware that I'm turning into my grandma Weezy or, you know, my, whoever would my childhood still, even after so much meditation, so much work, but it's much, it's the level becomes so much less, so much Mm -hmm. less often, so much quicker to catch it rather than going through something for days, you catch it in a second. So rather than you getting triggered by him being abandoning you for a week, abandonment happens for three seconds. You're like, "Mm, I feel abandoned. And you walk away. Yeah, that's not <laughs> me now. Or, or that could have triggered me. It will get to that point when you begin to heal it. Yeah. Where you just begin to kind of observe it rather than get into it. And that's the distillation process. Is this helpful? It is. It's really helpful. Yeah. 
it's just helpful to make you feel like you're not crazy, right? Yeah. And just to feel like I'm not, you know, fucking it all up by feeling I mean, that was just so painful to have those thoughts of like, I don't know if I want this child. Well, don't have those thoughts anymore. Yeah. Because <laughs> you'll create it because you yeah. do want the child. Yeah. If you do want the child, you need to eliminate those thoughts, particularly after the 120th day, because then that child will be programmed with those thoughts. Remember, because back into fertile, whatever's in this mind, whatever you're surrounding yourself with, you're creating a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any questions? Did I give you enough homework? Um, yeah, I'm really excited about the homework. And mm-hmm. no, I don't feel. Could you mention that um, that book, The Emeralds? The Emerald oh. Tablet by oh. David Hawk. Okay. And what this is about, which is going to be the basic basis of my next book, is how I got to figure out how to take women through the alchemical process, which it goes back to ancient Egypt and it's from Thoth. So Thoth was the, because um, I work with the goddess Isis and the goddess Isis helped me write Fertile. And, and she was the original birther and Thoth was a partner of hers, not sexually, but Thoth was, he was, he did the scribe work and he's, he was also um, Hermes in Greece. And so he, there's an alchemical process that they call it alchemy and alchemy is the use of elements, but it's this, it's, it's how God works with us in these realms. And this is, you know, there's steps to it. There's seven steps. Like we call it like the chakras that we have to move through. And right now, humanity is in the first step of calcination. Mm-hmm. But it takes, and then you move through it, and then you move through it again. So you, so there's been, I went through um, alchemy seven years ago through all the processes, and then I wasn't distilled enough. Like, it's a, it's a multiple things will happen. So calcination is a, something that burns you up, and it happens really quick, destroys the ego, destroys your world. You may lose all your money. You may lose material realms. Like, just like what's happening on this world of, like, the market falling, no one has a job, shelter's gone. It's all the base fear chakra stuff. That has to be shaken up. And then let's say it's not shaken up enough. After you go through the phases of alchemy, you'll go through them again. Mm-hmm. And then you'll become even, so it's just because it's like, how much more can you become empty? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. As real. Does it happen faster as like, as it distills and distills and distills? Is that, it it's for me, yes. So the first yeah. um, part of my alchemical process was like eight years. And then I went through it again um, a second time. And the second time was two years. So it's not pleasant. It's not short and it's not easy. Yeah. It's not like a, Oh, I'm going to just, I'm going to just be a better human tomorrow. No, <laughs> it's horrible. It's awful. God, shoot me. It's not, yeah. but you'll yeah. be a better mom and you won't pass the stuff on. And, and this is to me like, not conscious motherhood is not picking out nice things for a bedroom. It's like, okay, how am I not going to pass on the same pattern? And we can even find another pattern that the way you became pregnant, I bet I could find it. This isn't even a reading. This is just a discussion, but I bet I could find it in your family. Mm. The way that you become pregnant or the feelings your mother may have had, or the feelings your grandma may have had. Uh, I bet you, if you tap into it, which is another healing, what your mom felt when she got pregnant with you. Hmm. How does that make you feel horrible or more aware that you may be playing out something for your mother? Sometimes these pains that we play out or sicknesses we have or things that we do when, when we begin to really get into the spiritual path, we're clearing it for them. Yeah. I definitely feel like, um, and I'm, I'm lucky enough to, excuse me, to have a, I'm able to communicate with my mother and ask her and she's honest. She's a very heart loving woman amongst all of her flaws, but she's very honest. And how did you feel when you got pregnant with me? And how did, you know, what was your emotional status? And um, I mean, she's, definitely- gonna, she's only going to respond from the level that she can. 
that she's aware. Yeah. Yeah. That she's unconscious. Just like you're just, just so you know, just like you can only respond from the level that you're consciously aware of at the moment in time. Right. And that's how consciousness, we can only handle so much. Right. And I recognize that with myself and my own patterns is I could like, as I was going through things and clearing things out now, I'm probably going to go through it again. There's more to always let go of. Mm -hmm. Um, but I could only see so much in front of me at one time. My consciousness could only handle so much pain as my heart was opening. Mm -hmm. And that's the same with like, let's say the whole world's falling apart right now. If you're losing your job and you're losing your house and you don't have a good relationship with your husband and you don't have a good sex life and you don't, you, you're, you can only as a human handle one crap pile at a time. (laughs) Okay. First Mm -hmm. I'm going to, so that's like, you have to make a list. First I'll get a job. Second, I'll make, you know, because that provides the food and the shelter. Like, it's only like, and then once that's done, okay, I can complete this. And that's how we move up the list and create our self-actualized state. Mm-hmm. But the energy to do so, I feel like really helps from Kundalini Yoga. And I hate to be the spokesperson. I know that Kundalini Yoga is under, you know, a lot of tension right now from what's going on, but... I think it's there for a reason, and I think it's going to help change humanity in the future. Right? Yeah. I'm a big fan. Okay, any more things you want to go over? No, I feel pretty complete. I also, you know, just like on such, yeah, my... My emotional capacity right now is just, (laughs) um, but these are really good things to kind of, um, even though I know it's hard, it it just kind of re-invoked some excitement of possibilities and potentials and healings. And that feels really good. And I'm really grateful for that. 